Today we are continuing our new preaching series on Luke's Gospel, which we've titled Equipped on the Way. And today we're going to be focusing on the topic of temptation as we read the story of how Jesus was tested in the wilderness. But I want to start by asking you a question. How do you deal with temptation? I'm going to give you 60 seconds to think about that now. How do you deal with temptation? So I want you to remember that answer that you've just thought of and we're going to come back to that later on in our time together. I'm going to bring our Bible reading to us now which is Luke chapter 4 verses 1 to 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we're just up to the point in the story of Luke where Jesus has been baptised by John the Baptist, which we see really as a marker of the beginning of his public ministry. And as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens open and the Holy Spirit descends upon him in the form of a dove. And God says, you are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well 
pleased. So God has just affirmed who Jesus is, and he's done so publicly. And so Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. From the first verse of this passage, um, it sounds like it's going to be a bit of a retreat time for Jesus, a peaceful time, a time spent away with his Father, a time of rest, a time full of the Holy Spirit, the times that we see Jesus do all so often when he goes off to pray alone. But this isn't one of those moments. See, Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit into a time of conflict and opposition and this time of temptation and testing. See, it's really key that we would see that Jesus was led into this. It wasn't just by chance, but the Holy Spirit led him to this. So this was part of God's plan right from the very beginning for Jesus to face and overcome this kind of temptation. I want to make it clear right from the beginning that Satan does not just bring temptation to us when we're feeling weak. He does do that. He does prey on our weakness, whether that be spiritual or physical weakness. But he also does it in other times as well. Jesus was here full of the Holy Spirit. He just had the most amazing thing pronounced upon him, that he was the son of God, loved by him that God was pleased with him. Yet he still faced temptation. It's important that we take note of the timing of this story. It just comes after that miracle, straight after the heavens opening and God affirming who Jesus was. So in fact, I want to say that it's really likely that we're going to face temptation when we are full of the Spirit, when God has been at work in our lives. We're going to face temptation when our Bible reading is going great and our prayer life is good. We should expect temptation to come when we are full of the Spirit. See, God has just blessed Jesus in what he's done. He's confirmed his identity upon him and his calling. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that Satan is trying to steal that away from him. It's also important to note right from these early verses, that we see that temptation comes only often for a season. Here we see it lasted 40 days for Jesus. And actually we have recorded just the three final temptations that he faces in those 40 days. But it was 40 days overall. I find it quite interesting that it was 40 days. And 40 is quite a significant number in the Old Testament and in the Jewish faith. Just a few examples, we see 40 days of the flood. 40 years was the period of Israel's, Israel's wandering in the wilderness. And Moses spent 40 days on the mountain as he received the covenant. I don't think there's any real um, significance here to the 40 days, but if you're like me and you enjoy nerdy Bible knowledge, it's really interesting to see the parallels that come. I also think just before we go any further into this passage, it's worth noting that Jesus was alone here. He didn't have his disciples with him. He was alone. So for others to know about this and for Matthew, Mark and Luke to write about this story, Jesus must have shared with them what had gone on. He must have taught them from this. 
So this leads me to think that this is obviously a really significant event in Jesus's life, something that then we can learn from too. So I want to pick up our passage in verse two, and it says, he ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Earlier in the week, when we looked at this passage together as a team, we noticed how it says that Jesus was only hungry at the end of those 40 days of fasting. Now, I've got no experience of fasting for 40 days, um, as you can probably tell. But I am told that when you fast for a period of length like that long, 40 days, actually the hunger begins to go away. So at the beginning you feel hungry, and then after a while the hunger disappears. But when your body becomes really weak, it's around that kind of 40-day mark, when it becomes to the point of danger where you really, really need to eat something, the hunger returns. And that's when you're at your most dangerous point and at your weakest point. And it's here where Jesus is at this weakest, most vulnerable point that we see these three temptations come. And he tempts tempts him with something that he probably really wants. Satan tempts Jesus with food. He says, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. At this point, I think it's really easy to read this passage wrongly and say that what Satan is doing here is that he's questioning who Jesus is. He's questioning Jesus' sonship. I don't think that's actually what's happening. You see, we could translate this a little bit differently. And I think it could be better understood if we translated the if as since. Since you are the son of God. There's emphasis there. You see, Satan knows who Jesus is. And Jesus knows who Jesus is because God has just affirmed that in his baptism. See, Satan isn't questioning Jesus's sonship. He's not saying, if you're the son of God, you can do this. Here, what Satan is actually doing is saying, what kind of son are you going to be? What kind of Messiah are you going to be? How are you going to act? He's trying to get Jesus to use his power for his own benefit. He's trying to get Jesus to think that God has abandoned him here in the wilderness. He's trying to get Jesus to satisfy his own needs rather than using his power to give God glory. But Jesus knows that crafty nature of Satan. So Jesus replies to him in verse four. He says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. And he quotes Deuteronomy 8, three, a verse that was a reminder to the Israelites of how God provided manna for them when they were hungry. So Jesus speaks truth. He says, we don't just need food to eat, we need God. God is what gives us life. But also he reminds Satan that God is the provider. God will not leave us to go hungry. So Satan doesn't win in that one. So he tries again. He takes him up to the high place and he says to Jesus that he'll give him all the authority and splendor, the kingdoms of the world, if Jesus just worships him. See here, Satan is questioning God's promise. Satan knows what God's plan for Jesus was. He knows the scriptures. 
Psalm 2 gives us a good example, a messianic psalm, where it says, You are my son today, I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, and the ends of the earth your possession. What Satan is trying to do to Jesus here is offer him a shortcut. He says, come on, Jesus, you're tired, you're hungry. Think about all that God has planned for you, that conflict, wherever you go, the opposition you're going to face, the imprisonment and that death on the cross. Why do it the hard way? Why not just worship me now and I'll give it all to you? I'll do it just that little bit easier. No pain, no hardship and no fuss. See, what Satan's trying to do is he's trying to pull Jesus away from what the Father had planned for him. And I think that's what temptation can be like often for us. It's about Satan trying to steer us off the route that God has called us on. Maybe it's in work where actually if you take the dishonourable route, it'll be a little bit quicker and you'll make a bit more money. Maybe it's a shortcut in something, but the shortcut maybe might be a bit questionable. It's not what your boss has actually asked you to do, but it will save you so much time. That's often where the temptation comes in. There's one really silly example I've got where I used to face regular temptation, um, and that was where we used to live when I was driving back from church. Um, there was a one-way road. When I got to the end of it, uh, at the junction, there was a no entry or I could turn right. If I turned right, it would take me the long way round, but I could just quickly drive through the no entry and it would take me about, a, I'd say, two or three minutes to get home, which might not sound much, but when you're in a rush, the temptation's there. And when I pulled up to this junction, I'd often hear, go on, just take a shortcut, no one will ever know. And sometimes I did it and I gave in, but I never felt right about it. It just sounds like a really silly thing, doesn't it? A minor traffic offence. What kind of witness is it if the Christians are breaking the law and going through the no entry sign outside the church? Temptation can come in all different ways, but temptation is always trying to stop us from following the things that God has for us the godly way of living, the way of righteousness. So how does Jesus respond here to Satan? How does Jesus respond to Satan trying to get him to take the easy way out? He quotes Deuteronomy 6, 13 at him, which is Moses' warning to the people of Israel. See, Jesus states that his priority is the Father, that the Father will always come first. So Satan tries again, doesn't he? Once more, taking him up to the high point of the temple this time. And he says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself off from here. And this is now when Satan gets really crafty. He tries quoting scripture back at Jesus. We have to remember that Satan knows scripture well. And he says, and he uses Psalm 91. He says, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. See, what he's doing there is he's tempting Jesus to test God's protection. But we know that Satan's use of scripture here is flawed. See, actually, we can make often the Bible say whatever we like. If we pull a verse from here and a verse from there, if we don't read it in its context and we don't read it in its whole, we can just pick random bits and get it to say whatever we like. And that's what Satan 
has done here. Jesus knows, again, from reading Deuteronomy 6, that Satan has taken this out of context. He knows that the truth that we see in Deuteronomy 6 is that we should not put the Lord God to the test. So Jesus speaks truth where Satan is trying to use scripture to speak lies. And then Satan, he leaves Jesus until the opportune time. The temptation has ended for now, but we know that it's going to return. And it's important for us just to stop and take note of that. Again, we see that then temptation comes for a season, but it's going to come again and again. When Satan sees opportunity to steal God's blessing from us and where Satan sees that we're weak, whether that be physically weak or spiritually weak. He's looking for those moments to steal from us and to steer us away from following after God and following after righteousness. So how did Jesus deal with the temptation? I hope it's been pretty clear how Jesus dealt with it. But I want to take you back to that question I first asked you earlier. How have you been dealing with temptation? Does it look like what Jesus did here? There's two things I think that I see Jesus doing here. Firstly, we see that he stood his ground against Satan. He didn't give in. He took authority. He took the stand. The topic of how to deal with temptation came up the other day in my Bible reading notes and um, it quoted James 4 verse 7 which says submit yourselves therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee from you draw near to God and he will draw near to you resist the devil and he will flee don't give him any wiggle room Satan's crafty if you give him an inch he'll take a mile we are to resist him, to stand firm. My Bible notes encouraged, uh, encouraged me to try and learn those verses off by heart, and I want to encourage you to do the same. Learn those verses from James 4 off by heart. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Whenever you face temptation, just say those verses. When Satan brings things in your path, say, resist Satan, resist the devil, and you will flee. I resist you, and you will flee. Secondly, I think what we see Jesus doing here is his clever use of scripture, his godly use of speaking truth. So I want to say, secondly, how can we deal with temptation? It is to study the word of God. How do we deal with temptation? Get to know your Bible. It's not just about reading it though, it's about digesting it. It's about letting the words sink into our hearts and into our minds. It's about being able to know the truth of God in all circumstances. See, every time Jesus faced temptation, he didn't just quote a random verse of scripture, but he spoke truth. We need to be able to speak truth in, of the truth of God into the situations we face. Because we saw actually how Satan was trying to use scripture in a different way to trick Jesus. But I think it's important that we don't just quote random verses, but we actually speak the truth of God. So where Satan tries to speak lies, 
tries to undermine you, speak the promises of God over yourself. Speak the truth of who God is. Speak the truth of who God has made you to be. Studying God's word, I think, also reveals to us the true power of God. We'll be reading the stories of how people overcame Satan, of how demons fled, the stories of healing, the stories of miracles. See, scripture is the story of how God has overcome the work of Satan, saving us from our sin, overcoming death. And that's that power that we need to be reminded of whenever temptation comes our way. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to stand together and we're going to just take a couple of moments to respond now. So what I want you to do is to stand wherever you are and just begin to picture in your mind the temptations that you're struggling with at the minute. It might be a recurring thing that keeps coming up. It might be something you've struggled with for a long time. Or it might be something just in these moments. And what we're going to do is we're going to recite those verses from James 4 as we think about those things. And we're going to just picture them disappearing as we do this. So I want you to imagine that, the thing that you're struggling with, that temptation disappearing as we read these verses now. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Jesus, we thank you for the amazing example you are to us. We thank you for this story of how you were strong in overcoming the temptations of Satan. Jesus, we pray that you would give us that same strength and that same authority. Lord, help us to be able to speak those words of truth into those situations, to counter the lies of the enemy. And those things that we've just imagine disappearing. God, we just pray right now that they would disappear for good. Those temptations that we struggle with, they would be gone right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, equip us to deal with everything that Satan throws at us, to be able to stand strong. Lord, and as we do that, help us to draw closer to you as you draw near to us. So we pray your blessing upon us now, in Jesus' name. Amen.